0: Welcome to the Life Christian Church Podcast, where our mission is to inspire people to the life God dreams for them as we spread His love in ever-widening circles. Some of you may know that I'm in the process of writing a new book. I have a reason for mentioning that. Uh, The manuscript is due to the publisher by mid-February, and the book's supposed to be released in January of 2023, and I really considered an opportunity to... uh, a, a blessing to be able to write um, and to have books published and to do them based on the teachings here at TLCC and rooted in our experiences as a church. It's kind of cool to think about people all over the world getting uh, blessed by what we do here, which is what's what's happened and, and what's happening. And I, I view it as one of the many ways that we spread God's love in ever-widening circles. Anyway, so, I'm writing this book, and this week early one morning, I asked Sharon to let me read her a chapter. And as I was reading to get some early feedback, and now the an editor is just going to tear it up and send it back and tell me I'm terrible and make me rewrite it. But Sharon's pretty nice. So, I read her, read her this, and uh, and while I was reading, I got choked up and i don't that doesn't happen often though it happens more as as i get older i got choked up by what i wrote not because it was so the syntax was bad but because the the message moved me and she said you you ought to preach that sunday that would be great before christmas and i realized i was writing a chapter about how to gift a blessing and um, I prayed about it and thought about it and felt like maybe the Holy Spirit was prompting me to listen to my wife's prompting. And uh, I had announced I was doing a message about wisdom this week, which you probably don't remember anyway. But I changed my mind and adapted what I was writing to, to hopefully be a sermon. I, I, I say that uh, for uh, a couple of reasons. W- one is that um, you know I, I cha- I'm not doing what I said I do, which I don't like to do or not do. Second thing is, if this doesn't work out, blame Sharon. Uh, uh, My subject today is how to take responsibility for your own decisions. Uh, (laughs) So, so, let me just, I'm going to offer, this is going to be very simple, but I, I hope and think that it will bless you. Oh, I know what I meant to do. I meant to say hi to everybody watching online. I suspect that's a lot of people this morning. And uh, hi to everybody. Hi to Christian and Amanda in London who are hosting our online campus. And uh, hi to everybody wherever you are today in the world watching. So let me just talk about three thoughts on how to gift a blessing. Real simple, you ready? Here's the first one. We, first, we must receive blessing. All right, we must receive blessing. So the past couple of years, my life and worldview have been profoundly impacted by a simple realization that in God's very first interaction with human beings, he blessed them. The First thing that happens between God and people is he blessed them. Genesis 1.27, so God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God he created them, male and female he created, God blessed them. First thing that happens between God and humankind, it becomes very important and some scholars believe the theme of scripture is God's desire to bless humanity. To be blessed by God has to do with being in harmonious relationship with him, in his favor, under his protection, in partnership with him to fulfill his purposes, and having him work in your life to bring full enjoyment of all the truly good and beautiful things in this world. Now, when God blessed Adam and Eve, we don't know exactly what happened, exactly what he said, but there's every reason to believe that he articulated his good intentions to them, his good intentions for them, to them. We know he was excited. We know that the creation story lets us know that it was a joyful time when God, accompanied by the angels, created the world, that that was the time when the morning stars sang together and the sons of God shouted for joy, one prophet said. God was excited when he created the man and woman he said it is very good and so you have to think that when he he now stands with these two people these first human beings and spoke blessings to them that he spoke blessings that conveyed his excitement that conveyed um how happy he was they were there um and when you when you look through scripture you you see there are common elements as to how, what God said when he blessed people, when we're told that, and what people said when they blessed other people. And with that in mind, you can imagine God standing there uh, breathlessly, although I don't think God gets breathless, but standing there in the garden with Adam and Eve and saying things like this, I love you unconditionally. You are so valuable to me. I want to be in relationship with you. I have a purpose for you. I want you to partner with me in my work in this world. I have good plans for your future. I want to work to help bring those good plans for your future to pass. I think God told Adam and Eve what he had dreamed for them when he blessed them. But of course, the first human beings rejected the blessing and received the curse. The curse was essentially that they were left to live without God's blessing in a fallen world. But God had a plan. He had a plan in place before the beginning to bring the blessing back. And that plan was fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. Remember, God stood in the garden after uh, they lost their blessing and now we're receiving a curse. God stood in the garden and he said, someday someone is going to be born from a woman and he's going to reverse the curse and he's going to restore the blessing I intended. And all of history began working toward that point, when someone born from a woman would bring God's blessing back. And of course, the Virgin Mary was the woman, and the someone who was going to come someday was Jesus Christ. He came through a woman, and he entered the world in a manger. And it's interesting when you see... Uh, the announcement about the birth of Christ that's given from the angel Gabriel uh, to, um, uh, well, to, to, to several people, but uh, particularly to Mary, you see that it's full of the language of blessing. Luke chapter 1, verse 26, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And when Mary visited her cousin Elizabeth, the Holy Spirit caused her to call Mary blessed as well and to call the baby in her womb blessed and to, to which Mary agreed. And then Mary called herself blessed. There's blessing all over in this story. Elizabeth filled with the Holy Spirit scripture tells us gave a glad c- cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. "'Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord "'should visit me when I heard your greeting "'the baby in my womb, John the Baptist? "'Jump for joy. "'You are blessed because you believed "'that the Lord would do what he said. "'Mary responded, "'Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, "'how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, "'for he took notice of his lowly servant girl. "'From now on, all generations will call me blessed.'" For the mighty one is holy and has done great things for me. You notice, not enough time to really dig into all of that except to say that the announcement of the coming of Jesus is an announcement that's full of blessing. Mary's blessed. Jesus is blessed. Mary says, yes, I am blessed. Everybody's going to call me blessed. Which 2,000 years later, here we stand, calling her blessed. right? Because when when, when Jesus came, Jesus was the blessing of God come to earth. He was the incarnation of all the good things that God wanted for human beings in the beginning. When Jesus was born, God was saying to all of us, I bless you, I still bless you. I still love you. I still value you. I still want to be in relationship with you. I still have a purpose for you. I still have amazing plans for your future. And if you let me, I'm going to work in your life to help those plans come to pass. Therefore, in Jesus, we receive all of God's blessings. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, Paul said, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now, how do we receive that blessing? Well, we receive the blessing that comes through Christ through faith. This is this is part of what Elizabeth said to Mary, uh, again, anointed by the Holy Spirit, Luke 1 and 45. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. The way we receive the blessings that God's promised us is we believe what he said about it. We believe that he really wants to bless us. And we believe, and when we believe then in the gospel, we receive Jesus, and we receive all this good stuff that God's planned for us. So here's the second thing. So the the first key to being able to gift a blessing is you have to receive a blessing. You have to live in this expectation, this faith in all of the goodness of God coming to us through Jesus Christ. Secondly, then we must give a blessing. So God now wants to bless people through you. Remember, truly, in a I, I say this, this this sounds simplistic, but I say this on the basis of lots of research about this. God is truly in the blessing business. But the key way that he blesses people, well, first of all, we receive his blessing directly through our faith in Jesus and Jesus coming into our lives and Jesus then bringing into our lives all the good things that God always wanted for humanity. But now then, this blessing is to flow from us to other people. God wants to bless people through you. The more you practice an intentional consciousness not only of how much God wants to bless you, which you do need to focus on, but also wants to bless other people through you, the more you will experience vast depths and fresh waves of overflowing blessing. Throughout scripture, blessing not only came directly from God to people, but from people to people. We have the privilege to mediate blessing from God to others literally. God literally blesses people through you. Part of the covenant of God with Abraham, when God gave Abraham his blessing. Out of everybody in the world, God chose Abraham to show us what a relationship with Jesus would look like in the future. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, the Lord said to Abraham, And I'll just read part of it. I will bless you and you will be a blessing and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. We need to have a sense that God not only is saying to us, I bless you, but he's also saying all peoples around you, to use the scripture language, they're going to be blessed through you. So if I bless another person, it means, in part, that I invoke and help bring God's blessing into their lives. I offer them unconditional love and acceptance. I let them know how valuable they are to God and to me. I speak good things into their future in a way that has prophetic implications and shapes reality. And I act in ways to help bring that preferred future to pass. If you have been blessed... And you have been, if you've believed in Jesus, then everything about who you are should be mediating blessing. Every Sunday, I stand at the end of the service and I offer a blessing. And it it seems like every Sunday, it's a meaningful moment for all of us. And I base the blessing on the priestly blessing in Numbers chapter 6, verse twenty three through 27, where God said, tell the priest this is how they're supposed to bless the people. And, and, then, and then here's the famous statement. The Lord, God says to the priest, this is what you're supposed to say when you bless the people. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they, the priest, will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. God is saying, when you bless people, you put my name on them and I bless them. God says, When you bless people, you put my name on them and I bless them. I'd like for all of us to understand that we are truly, literally, an instrument of blessing. That when we bless people, that we put God's name on them and that God blesses them. Now, I don't think then that the, that the only way or even the primary way to offer blessing is to say a prayer or to speak words. It's a very important part of it. But, but it's, it's living our lives in a way every day that radiates blessing. When we really see people, when we project good intentions toward them, when we do good to them, when we help them grow closer to God and move towards their God dream future, the Lord is blessing them. You know, everybody wants to talk about um, the spread of a virus. Uh, Let let me just encourage you to think of yourself as a blessing contagion, infecting everyone around you with something supernatural and inexplicably wonderful. The... uh, Author of groundbreaking books on social intelligence and emotional intelligence, Daniel Goleman wrote this. He wrote, emotions are contagious. We transmit and catch moods from each other in what amounts to a subterranean economy of the psych. We catch feelings. We catch feelings from one another as though they were some kind of social virus. It's the only virus I want to talk about. Our relationships affect much more though than how we feel. We don't just catch feelings from each other. Our relationships in fact shape everything about our lives. Multiple studies show that if we're in relationship with people who are happy, we're much more likely to be happy. If we are in relationship with people who eat right and who are physically healthy, we're much more likely to eat right and to be healthy. If we spend time with people who are learners, we're more likely to be learners. If we surround ourselves with people who are engaged in positive life transformation, transformation more than likely our life is being changed in positive ways this is one reason it's important what church you choose to be a part of, in all seriousness. You want to be a part of people who are happy, growing, thriving, moving towards God dreams kind of people, because you're more likely to be that kind of person when you spin that kind of person, because these things are caught. It's like social virus. And so I say that to make this point. If you are blessed, the people around you will inevitably be blessed too. You are infectious. You are a pandemic of blessing. And people can't hardly avoid catching the blessing that comes from you. The seminal blessing that God gave to Abraham was so powerful that it passed from him to his children, to his grandchildren, and ultimately through Jesus to us. But the force of this blessing was not dim- diminished by the passage of time or, or leaping from one bloodline to another. Everywhere, those who would receive this blessing, either directly from God or now through their parents, everywhere they went, everybody around them was blessed. So for instance, think about Jacob. This is Abraham's grandson now. Years have passed since the original blessing was bestowed to Abraham. But think about Jacob. Jacob was employed by his father in law. What a terrible thought. And I love my father in law, but what a terrible thought. Employed, God bless you, Amanda. Uh, Anyway, uh, no, it's really a wonderful thing to be employed by your father. Employed by, her, by, by his father-in-law, and but Laban was, wasn't, wasn't all that good to him. And Jacob came to a point where he thought he was going to leave employment with Laban and move on into his life. But here's what Laban said. Laban said to Jacob, if I have found favor, this is his father-in-law begging him to stay. This is Jacob's got a good deal here. If I have found favor in your eyes, please stay. I have learned that the Lord has blessed me because of you. And then he said, name your wages and I'll pay them. You tell me what you want me to pay you, I'll pay you because this is what I've learned, Jacob. The fact that you're in my life, I've been. The Lord has blessed me because of you. Or think about Joseph. Joseph is enslaved in the house of Potiphar enslaved in the house of Potiphar. He's in a terribly difficult time in his life. Yet scripture tells us, Genesis 39, that the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes from the time Potiphar put him in charge of his household and all that he owned. The Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. It's like here, Joseph is, he doesn't even want to be there, but the blessing in him is so powerful that it's radiating out from him and it's affecting everybody that he comes in contact with in his life. In fact, the blessing ends up being so powerful that Joseph's presence in Egypt ends up blessing the entire nation and saving a good part of the world. To such an extent that when Jacob joins, uh, uh, Joseph, now his son in Egypt, when he joins him in Egypt, Joseph brings Jacob to the, to the Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the world, and Jacob blesses Pharaoh. Genesis 47, after Jacob blessed Pharaoh. Which is why, by the way, I'll spend time with any politician of any party, anyone in power, whether I agree with them or not. I've actually spent more time with those I don't agree with than those I do. Because they, whether they know it or not, need my blessing. See... The people in your life may not be aware of it, but they are so fortunate because you are a living, breathing, blessing transmitter. And if you'll pay attention to the people around you and be a willing vessel of blessing, blessing will pour from you to others. Your friends, your spouse, your children, your teammates, your employees, your neighbors will all be blessed because of you. Now, with that comes a certain obligation. Because there's a blessing-sized void in every person's life, which can only be filled by God himself and by the blessing that comes through his people, people like you and me. I've always been deeply moved, I imagine you have been as well, by the story of the blessing that Isaac, the son of Abraham, gave to his son Jacob, rather than to his son Esau. Big story behind that. No time to tell it. But Isaac' words of blessing to his son Isaac, who he thought for a moment was Esau, actually. But his blessing is beautiful. Here are some of his words. He, he says um, in Genesis chapter 27, he says when he blesses his son, come here, my son, and kiss me. Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you heaven's dew and earth's richness and abundance of grain and new wine. May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and increase your numbers. May he give you and your descendants the blessing given to Abraham, his father. And, and, and so Isaac receives this blessing, but then Esau finds out that he wasn't going to receive this blessing, and when he didn't receive this blessing, though Esau was a certifiable tough guy, a grown man, married, even though he was a, you know, a, 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 pardon the expression, well, I'm not going to get, he, 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 he's a tough guy, let's just say that. When he learns that he wasn't going to receive this blessing, Scripture tells us that he burst out with a loud and bitter cry and said to his father, bless me, me too, my father. And then we're told later in Hebrews in the New Testament that Esau sought the blessing with tears. Here's this grown man, this hunter-fisher guy, who when he doesn't receive the blessing, he burst out into tears and he seeks for the blessing with tears. His desperation is a natural human response to not receiving the blessing he needed and wanted. Each of us have an instinctual desire to be blessed. We were made to need this first by God the Father and then by our parents and to, uh, uh, and, 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 and to a lesser but, but Still important degree by those who have authority in our lives, our spouses, intimate friends, and others with whom we're in meaningful relationships. I pray that you have your need for blessing satisfied by the significant people in your life who have the power to bless you. And I challenge you to be an instrument of blessing to those in your life who need and want to be blessed by you i want to talk now for the rest of my time about how to give a blessing, but a few, few more comments before I I'll offer kind of eight things to think about real quickly. On one hand, when you come in contact with people, they should be blessed by God through you. I, I, I want you to focus on the fact that God has put you in places where you are his instrument of blessing. That his plan is to bless them through you. You, But I think we need to think about that. We need to recognize that. And that there are people who if we don't bring that blessing to them, they're going to have a void in their lives because God put you there to bring the blessing. Now, the giving of blessing in some cases might be a unique one-time act, like when Isaac blessed his son Jacob and brought him in and laid hands on him. And I'm going to talk about how to do that in a moment. But, 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 uh, but, but I want you to, to, to just think about ways that you can bring blessing to people, even in ways that aren't formal, but it's just the way that you live, that the people around you are blessed. And uh think about that um, there've been some signature moments in my life when my parents have blessed me in a formal way. you know I, I remember at our wedding our both our dads married me and Sharon, and at the end of our wedding, I remember uh part of the ceremony was that that our 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 parents stood with us in a circle and 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 uh our dads prayed a blessing over us you know that 's a signature moment that Those kinds of moments are important, but the reality is there's never been a time in my life when I haven't felt blessed by my parents. I'm incredibly thankful for that. They have always blessed me. I remember uh, my dad gave me a a book years ago, and uh, in the book, at the front of the book, he inscribed the words, to my son in whom I am well pleased. I still see his handwriting in blue ink on that page. Uh, when I talk to my parents still today, though my dad is very ill now with Alzheimer's, he thankfully remembers me. And my, my mom's memory is still fairly good. They still speak words of blessings over me. And I'm a, you know, a 59-year-old man. I know that just stunned you that you were thinking, the guy's 30, why does it matter? But, you know, they still say things to me, we love you, we're proud of you. You're a good man, you're a good son and a good father. God has great things in store for you, Terry. We're praying for you. They still speak words of blessing over me, and even in my sixth decade, that matters to me. If you're in need of the blessing of your father or mother or some other significant person in your life and haven't received it, ask them for it. If they're not able to offer it, perhaps they've passed away or perhaps they just don't get it, First of all, don't be afraid to ask for it. Seek for it. But if they can't offer it, find someone else to bring that blessing to you. One time I flew all the way to South America, Buenos, Argentina, with some other pastors, and there were some other things going on, but part of it was there was a pastor there that I'd read about, and I was so moved by how God was using him that I wanted him to lay his hands on me and pray for me. And I got myself in a position where that could happen, and he did. He laid his hands on me, and he prayed for me. And uh, while he was praying for me, I felt called to go on a 21-day fast. It wasn't what I was looking for through his blessing. (laughs) But that 21-day fast became a real key part, actually, in the life of this church. uh, Some 25 years ago or so, where even some of the things I'm teaching today, some of this Thinking came to me during that fast. Anyway, seek for it, find someone. I I, I had just this week a, a young pastor and his wife. Uh, this young pastor's father's passed away, and and uh, they came to seek advice from me. And um, um, when I when 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 it, when it, we finished and 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 so on, the young woman said to me, "Pastor, your blessing means everything to us." Well, I'm surprised by that but I want you to know there are people in your life who feel that way about you. And if you don't feel like you've received that kind of blessing, seek for it. Find someone who can stand in that place and bring God's blessing to you. Now again, this happens in ways that are informal, that's just how we live. And then there, there's a need sometimes for us to actually bestow a blessing to someone. And when you know that you're the person who needs to do that in somebody's life, do it. Isaac, when he blessed Jacob, and in fact, he also blessed Esau. Hebrews says that uh, through faith, Jacob blessed uh. Esau and Jacob. That's another sermon for another time. But um, when he when he did that, he did it because he was getting older and he was concerned he wouldn't live to give his sons his blessing. He ended up living about forty more years. So he lived to actually see the blessing begin to come true. But he didn't. The point is, he didn't wait until he 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 was until it was too late. When he knew he needed to do it, he did it. All right, so you may have somebody in your life to whom you need to bring blessing in a formal way. Here are some things that I would encourage you to think about. Now, you can literally follow this, or you may just make sure that this becomes a part of how you're interacting with some people in your life with some regularity, okay? Some of what I'm about to read was influenced by reading um, um, uh, Smalley's book, Um I can't remember the other author uh, years ago called The Blessing. It's a wonderful book, but I've you know created my own way of thinking about this, but I do give them the credit and thanks for some of their thinking. So so perhaps you take advantage of some rite of passage or uh, a life celebration like a wedding or a signature birthday or this Christmas where maybe you see somebody you haven't seen for a while and you know, you you, you in fact, the Holy Spirit prompted Sharon to prompt me to pray, so the Holy Spirit would prompt me to bring you a message I didn't intend to bring on this Sunday morning, okay? So here are, the, here are eight things that I would encourage you to do. First of all, one of the things that happened in Scripture when a blessing was given is is it typically was accompanied by the laying on of hands. Or um, so, so that... that the, the biblical pattern was the laying on of hands, laying hands on someone's head, but you may be in a relationship with someone where that doesn't work, or touching them in some meaningful and obviously appropriate way. When Jacob blessed his grandsons, uh, Genesis 48, he he brought them, he put them on his knees, he he kissed them, he embraced them, he laid his hands on their heads, This is a beautiful part of bringing blessing. When people brought children to Jesus for him to bless them, the Gospel of Mark tells us he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. Secondly, speak words that convey unconditional love. Unconditional love. There's nothing that you could do for me to love you any more or less. Uh, There's nothing that you couldn't do to cause me to love you any more or less. I just love you. Period. It has nothing to do with anything you've done or could do. It has nothing to do with any expectations I have of you. I just love you. Unconditional love. But don't stop there. Third, express how much that person is valued. You have value. You were. Why, how, why do they have value? They have value because they were created in the image of God. Every human being has immense worth. So much worth that God decided that that he would show up on this planet and give his life for every human being, regardless who they were, and give them an opportunity to believe in him. That's how much worth every human being has. Fourth, be specific about some praiseworthy things they have done. Now you can move into specificity. Find some praiseworthy thing they have done. Um, You may say, I feel called to bless someone who Hasn't done a lot of praiseworthy things. I encourage you to look at Philippians chapter 4. If there is anything good, true, beautiful, praiseworthy, find something. I've heard pastors do funerals uh, where that's their text (laughs) because they couldn't say a whole lot good about the deceased so they talked about if you can find anything, and and I guarantee you, you can find something praiseworthy. And most of the time, the person you're blessing, there's a lot praiseworthy. Then detail a positive quality you have observed in their character. This is not about something they've done. This is about who they are. I notice that you have integrity. I notice that, um, I notice that, um, that, you, you, you're willing to persevere through difficult times, that kind of thing. Uh, sixth, speak in faith about good things you see for their future. I can just imagine, you know, something in line with God's dreams for their lives, things that they desire. Speak that kind of, those kinds of words have a prophetic quality. I probably ought to do a week series on each of these, these, these eight things I'm talking about, but these kind of words, you will hear a lot about this. 2023 these these words have prophetic power they shape reality they shape reality and then articulate ways you intend to ha- to act to help that future come to pass if you're truly going to bless somebody now you're not just going to say words you're now what how can i help you how can i help you with this um how 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 do we how can I how can can I support you in seeing your God-given dreams come true? And then finally, and most importantly, invoke God's presence. See, ultimately, they the only one who can really satisfy the blessing void in their life is God. Now he's gonna do it through you, but part of how he does that is you invoke God's presence because only God ultimately can help you, can help that person. Uh live in the dimension of blessing that God has called them to. Listen, Scripture tells us that life or death, to some extent, is yours to give. Proverbs 18.21 says the tongue has the power of life and death. You know, we not only have the blessing, the, the power to bless, but we also have the power to curse. And sometimes the curse is just not blessing. Because the curse is leaving someone alone in this fallen world without God's blessing in their life. If you have the power to bless, find a way to bless. Some of you may need, you know, you're you're saying, I know I need to bless one of my adult children, but I'm grieved right now by some decision they've made or by, uh, look, I, I get it. I get that. Uh, it's interesting, Esau had grieved his parents, Genesis tells us, because of his choice of a wife. They were grieved. But still, Isaac found a way to bless him. Hebrews 11 tells us, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. You, if you're the person called to be the blesser, you have to figure it out. And you have to figure out how to get in a position To offer that blessing. And if you're someone needing to receive a blessing, I encourage you to figure it out in your own way too how you're gonna get, how you're gonna seek the blessing, even as Esau did with tears. Okay, and here's here's my final point, and, and, and I'm finished. Look, this isn't my final point, this is my final point about the last point. I really want you to think about, I encourage you to think about this coming week what it would look like for you to be a contagion of blessing. It's Christmas season. Times are crazy. Times are crazy. And we hold in our hands the ability to bring God's blessing into people's lives. What does that look like for you this week? What does that look like at work? What does that look like with your kids, with your parents, with your spouse, with your neighbors? Somebody sitting in this room who who brought, I think, bought 10 tickets to the Christmas show for neighbors this week. An instrument of blessing. An instrument of blessing. You know, it's all right. Here's the final thing: it's that we must multiply blessing. I don't have time to get into this and don't really want to spend a lot of time about this, but one of the things that I've discovered is it's possible to have to, to, to make more of blessings. It's possible for us to multiply blessings. There's this Paul's receiving an offering, and we're receiving a, a Christmas offering right now and I guess this is part of why I'm thinking about this but but I've thought about this in other contexts Paul's receiving an offering and he says according to the amount that you give or the seed that you sow you can multiply to such an extent that you have more so you can do more good you're blessed you make more blessing so that you can bless more 2 Corinthians 9, remember this saying, a few seeds make a small harvest, but a lot of seeds make a big harvest. God gives seeds to farmers and provides everyone with food. He will increase what you have so that you can give even more to those in need. You will be blessed in every way and you will a- be able to keep on being generous. Another translation said is God is able to bless you abundantly. What's a, he, Paul's saying, we're receiving an offering for, from you folks in Corinth, people who are hungry in Jerusalem. Now, the amount that you give is going to determine the amount that God can give you back, not so you can keep it all, but so that you can keep on being more generous. It's this cycle of blessing, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So I... I, I'm going to wrap this up and and a part of what I'm going to do is I'm just going to remind you now that one of the ways that we can multiply blessings through our giving, we're in the process of receiving our Christmas offering where we're hoping to fund all of our missions efforts for a year, serve a lot, a lot of people. Did you guys enjoy Jack Reisner last week from Convoy of Hope? He was great, wasn't he? I mean, you know, You know, we're in Kentucky serving people in need right now because of the generosity of the people in this church as an example. Um, This week I I made a further commitment in our relationship with movementday.org to sponsor 10 pastors from the Balkans where less than 2% of people are Christ followers. our church is going to sponsor ten pastors to Movement Day, Middle East, and Dubai in February, and uh, we're able to do that for a for a, a minimal amount of money. But we're we're going to be able to give several thousand dollars to to serve pastors. <clears throat> One quick story, something new uh, that I'm excited about. Um, so, you know, we've really struggled since the pandemic hit and we ha- had obviously to shut down what we were doing if our, our, at that time, second campus in Paramus at the AMC Theater. And we've done a lot of thinking and praying and researching, is that where we wanna, is that where is that the best place for us to relaunch the campus is in the AMC Theater in Paramus. And we finally have come to the conclusion that the answer to that is probably not, yet we know we felt called to do that And, um, at least for that season, well, the first time that we really said that's not what we're going to do. It was a couple I've lost track of time, but it was set in a a couple of weeks ago that week. Uh, I I had on my calendar, uh, a pastor who I didn't know. And, uh, it was someone who several months ago reached out to make an appointment with me because they wanted to meet me. And, um, uh, that's, that happens and so I didn't think a whole lot about it and I just in in walks a guy named introduces himself David Cho I just am planning a church in, in in New Jersey and I just have heard about you and I just want to meet you and he's planning a church in Paramus and he's negotiating with the AMC theater and he said part of the reason I'm here is because I know you guys have been there and we don't want to go to the AMC theater if you're going to be there And I just wanted to seek your blessing about this. And he's a sharp young man. He's gonna do a great job. And I am making a commitment right now that we're gonna pay the first month of rent for this church plant at the AMC Theater in Paranis. And we're gonna do that because it's the right thing to do feels right, the right thing to do. But I'll also tell you what happens when you do that kind of thing, guys. And I try to model sometimes on a church level what I hope you'll practice in your individual life. When you do that kind of thing, you multiply blessings. See? You, you take the blessing you already have and you make it more because God mixes this supernatural thing in it and says, you know, according to the amount you sow, I'm going to be able to give you back more so that you can keep on doing more good. He says, hey, you're going to do that with what I blessed you with. Here's more blessing.